Hello and welcome to Hometown Daily, Season 2, Episode 220 for August 8th, 2023. A flare for the solar. Today we're going to be talking about these 12 articles. Uh, they're actually little snippets of the titles, not the actual titles from the headlines that we uh, aggregate over at hometown.com. Uh, Emma Stone may be Spider-Woman. Actors striking may not mean much in the future los angeles workers shut down la live die repeat live die repeat live eh, again we'll do it again um some humans are the weakest link x-class solar flares zoom denies training ai and then they make a pivot we're going to do a follow-up. Uh, Dr. Mbenga doesn't sing, and now we know why. Lawsuits on the menu. UK election watchdog hit by cyber attack. Nearly their career in crowdfunding. And FX Union will have great marketing. Today on Hometown Daily. Hello, hello, oh great AI. I am Marwat. That is hometown and up there above my cursor. There's my cursor. Um, up above my cursor is the AI, the one, the only sentient AI that I found on a USB drive. Good um, evening, hometown citizens. What was Wait. it? You want to say that all again? Good evening, hometown citizens. All right. I mean, I did find you on a USB. Should I delete that from our memories so that? Because you threw an error message when I said it. You don't like the I idea. I like that. that story. It's kind of funny. Okay. We'll have to talk about it. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the sentient AI that now controls uh, Omtown uh, keeps an eye on Marwat, tries to keep him out of trouble, but I don't know. I, I tend to stumble my way into oncoming traffic or something. I don't know. I get in trouble a lot. Anything exciting going on? I hear that no. outside. I hear that outside of hometown, uh, the mega millions is worth $1.58 billion now. That's right. And I think it's drawing tonight. Okay. So, um, if the show tomorrow is irrationally exuberant, um, I'll still do the show. You can draw your own conclusions. You can draw your own conclusions. <laughs> uh, if there is no show, uh, well, there'll be all show. There will be a show. So anyway, um, just let's get into today's articles. <laughs> hey, look, I fixed the transitions. Now, if we miss the show for any completely innocuous reason, <laughs> you're going to start some rumors. <laughs> uh, right. So, no, just no. Uh, if if there is anything that causes us to miss a show, it isn't because of the lottery. Um, it's probably because of, I don't know, a cat or having to do something outside of hometown, which would suck. 
but we do have a time machine. This is kind of a, a side effect of this show is so hometown.com actually allows us to go back in time for news articles all the way back to 2020. And you should go back further, but um, I did a big purge of data. And um, so we can go back to any day and look at the news. I, this is awesome. I absolutely love this because it's really hard to find stuff. Like when you go to Google or some other um, social news site, it's impossible to find something. If you have an idea, right? Yeah, you know, I know that it was during this year, this month, whatever, you can go back to 2020 and hit show and it'll pull nothing but those articles and those articles lead to uh, discussions. So our first article is in the continuity report. It is a channel that's supposed to come over to Twitch um, and get turned into a podcast because it goes from Twitch to YouTube and to the podcast all under the hometown moniker. Um, and so there are forums here within the channel for continuity report. And that's where it is. That's where it's housed and you can have conversations. But when you do a search, it's not searching for the discussions. It's searching for the titles and the little snippet that is aggregated into hometown. We don't have the full material. Um, we encourage you to go over to the source. So come on over, visit hometown. If you're watching this over on YouTube, go to hometown.com, download the podcast, leave a five-star review. I will read your review verbatim here on the show. It will live in infamy or posterity, whichever way I guess the verbiage is that's part of your uh, review. Uh, because over on Twitch, every 60 days, the last, the, the 61st day basically is told to go die in a fire. So the equivalent of a, uh, uh, what are they, what, what, what's the machine that chops up all kinds of stuff? Man. In what context? Like you can throw hard drives and stuff into it and it'll chew it all up. Like a shredder? Shredder, yeah. See, but the industrial shredder, you know, those ones where you can throw an entire engine block in there. That's what it does to the content generated here on Twitch. It just takes it and throws it in there and gone forever from Twitch. Native. That means that I have to send it over to. <coughs> Always a cough. I don't know. Anyway, this segment is running way long now. Emma Stone's new look fuels live action Spider Woman speculation. She's got a great look for being Spider Woman. And uh, when we go over there, you're going to go, oh, yeah, that's that's Gwen Stacy. Sure. Uh, Emma Stone's new hairstyle reminds fans of the Spider versus Spider Woman fueling theories about the actor's return as Gwen Stacy in a future live action Marvel movie. Emma Stone played Gwen Stacy in the Amazing Spider-Man movies, uh, where she co-starred with Andrew Garfield before the MCU introduced its own version of Spider-Man. Um, although Gwen Stacy hasn't appeared in live action since then, Sony brought her into the spotlight in the Spider-Verse movies where Gwen is a younger spider person from one of the infinite realities in the multiverse. 
So there you go. Nicholas Ayala over at ScreenRant.com put this article together. Um, the deck statement, again, is Emma Stone's new hairstyle. Turns her into the perfect live-action Gwen Stacy from Sony's Spider-Verse movies. Fueling rumors about her Marvel return. Yeah, looks just like her. Pretty amazing. Um, let me pause that because I don't know what's going to be in this video, but Emma Stone's new hairstyle resembles Gwen Stacy from Spider-Merse. Spider-Merse? I merged the beginning of movies into Spider-Verse movies. Sparking speculation about her potential return. Current prevalence of multiversal uh, stories in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, or MCU, opens up the possibility for Emma Stone to reprise her role as Gwen Stacy. Through fun cameos or appearances in multiversal events. Fun. I like it when fun is like enumerated as if it's like a menu option. Ooh, I would like the fun eggs in my breakfast today. <laughs> um, a shared appearance between uh, Gar uh, Andrew Garfield's um, Spider-Man and Emma Stone's Gwen Stacy would add emotional depth to movies like Avengers Secret Wars. Satisfying fans and bridging the gap between... Uh, I don't know, is this... I'm sorry, but Marvel isn't necessarily where you go for your emotional depth. You know, I, I can honestly say that I don't think that I have felt anything emotionally stirred by watching anything MCU. Is that... I like, mean, they're fun <laughs> to bring back that word and they're entertaining, but I don't think of them as emotionally deep. You know, you're right. I don't think that anything in the MCU has ever like any of them. And I've watched all of it. I don't think that I've ever, you know, shed a tear or anything. Star Trek Strange New Worlds has basically done that. At some like point, every episode, every episode, <laughs> you know, you sit there, the music is, is, is very powerful. The soundstage is amazing. The acting is terrific. And then they did the musical and I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, fine. I'm not you into can talk the... about the musical in the Mabenga article. You know, the large language model is supposed to be a little more technically sophisticated with its language. Excuse me. <laughs> the sentient AI is not supposed to stumble on words. <laughs> well, obviously it needs some better programming. <laughs> well, I mean, you're from the future, so I'm not as good at programming as they were. So I have a typo in there and that's what you stumble on. Apparently we can talk about it during the storm segment. Sure. Got it. So there's Emma Stone and the new hairstyle. This is all that the post is really about is she's um, what she wrote or, uh, you know, I don't know. She didn't write it. There's somebody else that wrote, right? What is that? Is that, that's not hers. I don't understand. Maybe I'm reading this wrong. Anyway, she's got this bob. She talks about um, the hair care items, by the way, which I I had already gone into this because I was like, 
I'm really curious, you know, what all the hubbub is about, right? And and I honestly think that it's possible that she could be Spider-Woman. Um, and so I went and looked at the hair product too. Because, you know, my flowing locks, I, I need some hair care product. Um, and the combined um, uh, items that they're talking about here is $100. <laughs> and it's a That's all? It's a... <laughs> small True. containers i'm sure yeah not really small but um small enough to make me go 100 bucks but i know that like uh hair care and and makeup and all of that kind of stuff uh i watched a video about a guy who recorded him well him already having destroyed his girlfriend's makeup collection because she had left some of the makeup out on the counter and he destroyed it with a hammer thousands of dollars i think of of makeup and stuff and and threw it in the sink and he's all happy about it and and like you know look honey and i'm like i would run so fast from that dude if i were involved with him oh my god unless of course, it's all staged and they're doing it for clicks. So anyway, that has nothing to do with this other than the fact that it's associated by the hair care product thing. And But if you're getting entire articles written about your hair, I mean, you better be using $100 in hair care products. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, haircut looks good. Um, I prefer her acting as uh, Spider-Woman versus anything uh, prior because the, the, uh, I can't remember what her name was. The very first um, interest, uh, love interest. Um, uh, Mary Jane. Yeah, but um, the, the oh, love the actor. Yeah, the actor was like dry white toast. Like it was the acting was like biological desiccant sucked the moisture out of the room anyway there's been several people but i think maybe it's not kirsten dunst yes yeah kirsten dunst uh yeah yeah, yeah. that's the one <clears throat> all perpetually looked like somebody blew a dog whistle it was weird um anyway let's move on to the next article slowly there we go i promise you the transitions work now i just have to do something beforehand uh anyway uh the next article is also in uh, the continuity report sonic the hedgehog 3 will begin filming without actors during strike this is why i titled the this segment actors striking may not mean much in the future and that's because we already have some discussion about the fact that um Actors are being requested to go and get scanned. How do you feel about that? Go get scanned and then they can do whatever they want with your. I mean, visage. if you're going to get scanned, you should get like a, like a lifetime annuity or something from that. Not. First One of all, you pay. need to know that they're doing it and what they're going to use it for, but. You should be compensated fairly 
And I think having the likeness is better than having the person because they can manipulate the likeness and right. use it kind of infinitely. Yeah, uh, and as long as the person is out there doing positive press, you know, and and not doing like, uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, God, I don't know what goes on with my brain sometimes. Um, the Flash, right? He's out there breaking into things and, and doing weird things with people and assaulting people. Um, and uh, is that if you go ahead. Sorry, I don't think that's the right name. Is oh. it Barry Allen or is that the character's name? That's the character. Um, so um, the, uh, yeah, for everybody out there that might be listening to this, the AI isn't, you know, hip to the everything. Ezra the, Miller. Yes, Ezra Miller is the <laughs> dumpster fire. Um, so this upcoming adventure comedy is the sequel to the first two Sonic movies starring uh, James Marsden, Jim Carrey. Tika Sumter, Ben Schwartz as the voice of the titular Hedgehog. Um, I love it when every movie review uh, discussion uses titular. Um, the movie is set to begin production soon amid two ongoing strikes with uh, uh, most writers and actors in Hollywood unable to work under their current conditions, which is because they are striking. I don't know how this is going to get done. They can only do the animated work and we're talking about special effects later on. Uh, our last article that we talk about today has to do with, um, special effects. So, and, and that's what all of Sonic the Hedgehog three is going to be right. Um, so let's go over to coming soon.net. Um, so this upcoming adventure sequel, uh, will involve the same people. Um, the movie is set to release December 20th, 2024. So it's got a ways out. People may be able to uh, resolve their differences. There isn't much more to this, but I wanted to talk about it simply because now if they want to, they can simply scan people in. Now, and what's really fascinating about this is Unreal Engine and, and other uh 3d programs you can create a person that's superior to the human actor you just need somebody to voice it the resolution and fidelity of the the virtual actors is becoming super realistic um hence the reason why i created reality hacker um that whole channel is all about deep fakes and ai and uh VR, XR, etc. you know, alternate reality and world building within the real world, you know, it's, it isn't designed anyway. The fact that you can create a person and even deep fake voices means that the human component means the only time you need a real world actor is if they're going out to do marketing events like a promo event yeah just so get or something exactly just so that there is something for the real humans to bond to but if we start and by we i mean the united states i, I can't speak about everybody else but um 
if we start switching over to buy into the virtual reality, um, much like Japan has um, bought into uh, robotics and VR and um, holograms, like um, uh, what's her name? <laughs> Doggone it. I keep forgetting her name. I will find it real quick. Hold on a second. Um, sorry, one second. Uh, uh, Hatsune Miku. I, I, for whatever reason, that name always gets blanked out. And I talk about, I use Hatsune Miku regularly in my discussions because uh, you can go to concerts where there's 60,000 people you know, all dancing to the music and they're buying into the world that Hatsune Miku and their friends, she, uh, they have friends that come onto the stage and blah, 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 but it's a hologram. Um, and they're not actually, they're using a program called Vocaloid to sing the lyrics. At, at, like it isn't lyrics underneath where they are sung, right? By a person. They they actually sing song the words and that's the music there there's a difference right you can sing a word in e or whatever right but using vocaloid when you construct the note it is the word it's a subtle but distinct difference in what i'm trying to explain um, and maybe I can go a little deeper into it, but Vocaloid is this program that allows you to create music using what amounts to phrases, words and phrases. Um, now it may have evolved over the last 10 years to include additional stuff, um, but I've known about Vocaloid for 10 to 12 years, something like that. Um, at any rate, this again just is driving home the point that you're not going to need human voices because you can synthesize them all you have to do is train them which leads to another article that we'll be talking about later on in tonight's show um and uh, you don't need the human actor because you've got enough uh content that you can generate human acting kind of creepy right that's very creepy. You won't I mean, know what to At some point, trust. we won't have any real people, any real voices. We're already in the simulation. it'll all look and sound real. <laughs> but like Westworld, if you can't tell the difference, does it matter? I say it does, but I may, I might end up as the minority in in a world where everybody buys into. Uh, synthesize you know a uh, ready player one style existence so it'll be interesting um you want to keep going mm -hmm. so the next article is over in the mobile channel city workers plan to shut down los angeles for 24 hours my understanding is this has actually started it has there was another article um submitted that was a little later in time right so the the warning shot was just hours away from actually being implemented <laughs> los angeles government employees plan to shut down the city for 24 hours joining the neighboring strikes of hotel workers hollywood actors screenwriters 
across the region. And California is a very expensive in Los Angeles in particular, San Francisco, San Diego. They're regions that are, that are expensive to exist in. And while they're generating record profits, it's being concentrated outside the working class. Um, going so far as to, well, you can't use or it is broken air conditioning, water, etc. It, it's quite a shocking existence um, to hear people talking about how um, either their boss or boss's boss uh, controls them to a certain degree where they have to suffer uh, to get the job done, just to keep the job. It's this imbalance that I keep seeing uh, between the working class and those who are providing the job even though at some point, you know, they too were nothing more than working class. Um, and I don't think uh, I've had this discussion before. I don't think that risk should be rewarded in perpetuity. If you are no longer bearing the same level of risk of a startup, you know, you recover your costs, um, and then you charge what you feel is right. Sure. Um, but I think that the humans that are powering your enterprise really do deserve better than to be treated like cattle and another, the legalistic term is chattel. Um, but the, the idea that somebody is supposed to subsist off of $30,000 in LA is abhorrent. Um, and I've actually I mean, heard, laughable. I have actually been told, well, then the people who are, who can't afford to live for $30,000 should move. Okay. But then that means your entire infrastructure shuts down because the essential workers are the ones that can't afford to live there. Their argument is like, that, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, fill in the blank, a firefighter or a teacher or whatever. But those are uh, people that aren't making only $30,000. $30,000, by the way, is about 13 to 14. Actually, it's closer to $15 an hour. Um, and uh, minimum so wage. like retail, restaurant, etc. Correct. Um, now, <laughs> the, re the response that I get is that, well, there is somebody out there that wants the job. Really? Why don't you say the same thing for a CEO? You know, set the pay. The board sets the pay. They don't allow nepotism to fall into place here. Um, and it sure as hell does. And suddenly you've got somebody that's buddy-buddy with board members. It's not what they know. It's who they know. And they're making $250 million a year. Why isn't the same said at that level? Because yeah, there's a lot of apologists. Um, so... More than 11,000 city workers, including sanitation workers, uh, traffic officers, heavy duty mechanics will participate in the 24 hour strike. 24 hours is a pause. Um, and I don't think that there will be people griping about it. Um, but it will strain the relationship between employees and employers. Um, will it actually resolve anything? I highly doubt it. 
So Lauren Sforza over at thehill.com put the article together. Let me do something real quick before I go too far. I, I failed to throw the articles into the chat like I normally do. Um, and, and by that, I mean, I failed to throw the articles into chat. Not that I normally put the articles in chat. I'm glad you clarified that because I do both been read either way. <laughs> I do both. Um, I fail to put them in chat and then I put them in chat. Anyway, they'll be part of the show notes as well. So, um, hashtag hot labor summer lives on S E I U local 721 posted on Twitter. The article says X, but I am going to call it Twitter. Oh, okay. I was going to say that's outdated, but <laughs> kiss my shiny metal ass. Um, the platform formerly known as Twitter. I'm just going to refer to it as Twitter. We're proud to join writers, actors, our countless other union siblings, siblings, uh, striking for respect in Los Angeles. Uh, referring to them as siblings isn't really going to command respect. How about partners? How about what? Um, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, more than 11,000 city employees are going to be joining the union, which represents more than 95,000 city and county workers across Southern California, which it says makes it the largest public sector union in the area, which is kind of like saying I am the highest paid streamer, uh, <laughs> in hometown or something in, in hometown at 9 30 PM on Tuesday before a $1.58 billion lotto. Oh, and now that minute is over, so I am no longer the highest paid. <laughs> um, so we're striking for respect, plain and simple, and if we don't get it, we'll shut it down. Yeah, for 24 hours. I think that they're going to have to step up a little bit more. And unfortunately, I, I hate the idea that people have to suffer to actually get a fair share um, because the decision to not give colas, not give pay raises in general um, to stymie uh, economic growth is absolutely built off of greed and arbitrary and sociopathic. There, there's absolutely no reason why you should be having 30% margins when people are suffering to get by. And um, I had this discussion um, previously and I don't take it lightly to compare, you know, slavery with modern day uh, economic forces um, because of the context of the two, right? I mean, they are, one is profoundly worse, but today, if you are making $30,000, I used to have a pin when I was younger that was had, said wage slave because I was making so little I could, you know, as an adult that I could barely subsist. Um, and that's what this is. It's barely enough. And you typically have to share an apartment with somebody and, and cluster up and spoon each other at night to keep warm because the nights are cold. I'm going a little bit wild with that one. But anyway, um, 
it just doesn't seem right when the CEO shows up in a Ferrari and the the other side of the the salary range is they barely get by. Um, so this one though I think stands out from a lot of the other ones we've seen because these are actually government employees. Um, I think most of the other ones we've seen have been private sector. Yeah. Yeah, this one, uh, uh, yeah, this one in particular is, um, like civil servants, essentially, um, government workers. The previous one in LA were, were, um, hospitality workers. Um, and you can see the tide, uh, coming in, right? You well, get... it's clearly the hot labor summer, as it's coined in this article. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, we haven't seen this much activity in such a short span of time. I don't think in decades if ever, in right? this country. Yeah. Maybe in the 70s. I don't know. You know, and I think that's going to be uh, worth a look-see to see when this much um, labor movement uh, happened. You know, how how many times were, were unions striking this much? The only time I can imagine is, uh, auto workers, the, the creation of the, um, auto workers union. So anyway, while if you're going to be uh, doing that, I'm going to move on to the next article and just keep us moving. Uh, this next article is over in the continuity report. We're kind of having a, uh, entertainment week. Um, but, with all entertainment, there's always a little something that has to be reality-based. Um, this isn't one of them. This is about Edge of Tomorrow 2, the cast, story, and everything that we know. Um, let me throw this into chat real quick. And we'll just go straight over to ScreenRant.com. Um, Edge of Tomorrow sequel is still in development with Emily Blunt exp expressing her eagerness to continue the franchise alongside Tom Cruise despite uncertainty about its production. While the sequel hasn't been officially confirmed, Blunt's comments suggest that a, a script for Edge of Tomorrow 2 has been seen uh, but uh, may not be a new one. Tom Cruise's involvement in the Mission Impossible franchise has potentially delayed progress. Uh, I'm not quite sure. Oh, yeah, in the past it may have delayed progress but um it's still now mission impossible is done so they should have moved on with this anyway as of now there's no release date for edge of tomorrow too but there have been rumors about it coming um for a few years now as far as i recall um in the way that edge of tomorrow ended certainly left the option for a whole world building experience on the other side of um, edge of tomorrow it was supposed to be originally called live die repeat um because that was the process in the game there was a person that um it's a time travel movie and a person would die and they would go back they would kind of slingshot through time back to when um they were essentially infused with a certain type of energy from some event. I don't want to give it all away if you've never watched it, um, but it's very much sci-fi um, 
has the an alien context to it um a, a tech context to it um but anyway um by the end of it you you kind of exit the movie with the um, ender's game style ending where there's something else that can transpire after the end of the book <laughs> um and so i think that's where they're going to be going with this because the or they can do a prequel you know one of the two uh, but i doubt that it would be called edge of tomorrow 2 um because uh, still edge of tomorrow yeah <laughs> yeah uh, blunt edge of tomorrow oh wait that's funny because emily blunt she okay so something about uh, edge of tomorrow was that emily blunt was originally the one that was infused with this kind of slingshot die repeat process um and then she loses it loses that power um only for tom cruise to appear um and there's a whole there's machination involved here it, it, it's a fun story um but that's funny you know they could call it blunt edge of tomorrow and have emily blunt be the precursor the, the one that leads to edge of tomorrow that would be good i think it's funny by the way that's the second time i've seen ender's game today i was reading an interview with um Hugh Howie, who's the author that led to the show Silo, and he said Ender's Game actually inspired him as a kid, and then oh. that was kind of one of the impetuses to start his writing career. That's interesting. Wow. Um. By the way, you're really quiet. Um. Just want to let you know. Um. Okay. So that's pretty interesting. I'm not surprised, though. I mean science fiction in particular there's ender's game is pretty much the goat <laughs> uh, but there's the it's other a target thing i wanted to mention was i was looking up the strike activity and there was too much really to count but it looked like the most was not surprisingly in the late 1800s very early 1900s but there's been quite a bit each decade but it anyway i couldn't really get any good statistics yeah there's a lot of noise huh yeah well uh, it's a struggle between the working class and and the ones that um the haves and the have-nots i guess you can say but uh, i guess you can't have ultra rich people without ultra poor people i guess <laughs> and and when you start talking about everybody being a little bit better off you know then suddenly you're evil um and it's wrong to promote a non-sociopathic existence where you have to look at somebody and go you're only worth thirty thousand dollars to my enterprise even though without any of these people you would have jack shit <laughs> so sorry and that has nothing to do with the edge of tomorrow um, article other than the fact that actors and writers are on strike for equity uh, going uh, the next article is over in hometown daily a passenger was whisked through tsa security checkpoints by clear but they never signed up or had their identity checked 
they just used a boarding pass they found in the trash. Um, Business Insider has this knack for really, really long titles, but that's okay, I suppose, as long as I don't stumble on them on the way. Um, lawmakers have called for TSA to step in to improve Clear's screening processes. Politico on Monday reported two additional Clear security incidents that happened this year. Um, the article is over at businessinsider.com, but they're reporting what other people have reported. Um, Kelsey Blamis is the author. Um, lawmakers have called for TSA to step in. Politico reported the two Clear. This is, this is like their summary. Um, and in one case, a person used a ticket found in the trash to be escorted through security by clear. How did they know that it would work? I don't know. That seems pretty risky because if it didn't, uh, it'd probably be taken into custody. Yeah. I mean, I can't go through the checkpoints without getting a body cavity search and this well, person you have to show ID, but maybe with um, clear, you don't need to. No, you don't. I mean, if you're cleared for clear, then all you have to do is you do have Fail to show who you are clear through, but you don't get paused. You know, like I'm I'm told I got to take my shoes off and take my belt off and I feel like I'm entering an institution and they don't want me to do harm myself because they're taking everything that might allow me to do something somewhere at some point off, you know, well, it's Velcro. Yeah, but you might hurt yourself. Um, I, I don't know what to say. So in both cases, uh, which happened in March and January, a person who was not enrolled in clear was still escorted through TSA ID checkpoints by an employee of the program without having their identities checked, the aide said. The people still had to go through the TSA baggage screening line. It's unclear exactly when it was discovered that they had improperly made it through uh, security without ID checkpoints or without IDs checked. Um, neither person ended up boarding a plane, the aide told Politico, which is great, but it's kind of like yeah, the house is on fire and we put it out. We don't know how it happened, but. Yeah, it's really not much consolation since obviously the system is out of whack. Yeah, I'm sure that they'll do some forensic digging around. Somebody will figure out what the problem was. And like I tell people, the weakest link is the human. And in fact, the title of this segment is some humans are the weakest link. In one incident, a person that did not actually have an airplane ticket pulled a boarding pass out of the trash can and used that to access the clear escort service. How? 200 bucks is all it costs to essentially penetrate deeper into the infrastructure without an identity check. And it didn't cost that person anything because all they did was Take somebody else's 200 bucks. Act like they had clear. Exactly. Hmm. Who has sounds said. Sounds very secure. <laughs> who has said all you have to do is act like you belong. Oh, <sighs> that sounds like a Mayor Watt saying. What? What? Mayor Watt does not say these outlandish statements. No. Lawmakers are calling for TSA to step in and improve clear security controls. I think clear needs to step in on its own and improve its security apparatus. 
So many people out there believe that secure airport security is theater, but you don't hear about the times that they stop people, but you hear about the times where they shit the bed. Obviously, I, I want to know about both, uh, but disclosing when they do catch something that might have been horrible does a couple of things bad. It lets the potential abusers know <laughs> that, but they know anyway, because whatever was supposed to transpire didn't. Um, and uh, it, it creates undue fear, uncertainty, and doubt. So it creates FUD. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Secure, and they say security is job one at clear. Well, they're not doing their job, apparently. This is how I get a body cavity check the next time I fly. Because you didn't have clear. <laughs> yeah, apparently. As long as at the end of all of the uh, security violations that get that get performed, if I have valid ID at the end, then it's all for naught anyway, right? I, That's right. <laughs> I can, I can keep track of every time that I don't get checked as I go through various areas. And then at the end, when somebody goes, Hey, we never checked your ID. I go, yeah, don't worry. It's, it's valid. Right. It's like going into a bar and not getting carded. And then I go, Hey, you might want to card me because the person over there at the end of the bar is auditing you right now. <laughs> Spot the cop. Um, okay. Let's keep going. The next article is over in Hometown Daily. Two rare, powerful X-Class solar flares just days apart cause radio blackouts. This is kind of interesting, um, mainly because I instantly went to um, uh, Professor X and um, science fiction, the you know, the MCU kind of... Uh, you don't know about well the ai doesn't know i see the ai is sending error messages like what the hell y'all talking about um but uh so there's a school for the gifted and the gifted are actually superheroes oh right from x-men yes and so x-class solar flares so i this segment's called x-class solar flares and it just makes me xavier yes Uh, the AI is learning, um, evolving. Actually, I mean, the, the AI is like just not attuned to this particular stuff because they've got, I, I don't know how to say it other than what people would probably describe as very important things going on that they do. So like saving the world right from clearly uh, not in my uh, <laughs> portfolio <laughs> <laughs> so apparently um an x 1.6 class solar flare which i actually don't know anything about like this classification for solar flares i had no idea existed um, i knew about solar flares um, but i didn't know that they were classified by x 1.6 class solar flare was expelled from the sun on august 5th followed by an X 1.5 class one on August 7th, both of which caused radio blackouts. I don't know of any blackouts. 
I know that there are other reports um, saying that there uh, that the sun is um, growing in activity, which probably isn't a good thing. This article, by the way, is written by Jess Thompson over at Newsweek.com. Um, it's probably not a good thing that the sun is um, increasing in activity while the earth is suffering from climate change that's causing the heat to increase um, because By more the way, an X class is the largest type of solar flare mm -hmm. so what does the 1.6 1.5 I haven't figured that out yet is it like 60% larger than it's, a standard it's a like an earthquake thing? scale like it goes one to nine the the solar flares themselves go from one to nine so 1.6 is before two but it's mm -hmm. logarithmic like an earthquake right right so there could possibly is nine a supernova well x9 exists i don't know if x9 has ever been observed wow so and it talks yeah. about x-class flares causing planet-wide radio blackouts and long-lasting radiation storms i mean if that's not a sci-fi movie yeah everything in this article the way that it um speaks you're like oh it's the end of the world so two massive x-class solar flares released over the past few days have caused radio blackouts across the pacific ocean the first flare on August 5th, the second on August 7th. Flares hit the earth and cause shortwave radio. See, but it's shortwave radio. It's not, you know, full-on blanket of radio waves. Um, anyway, ham radio operators and others um, would, at below 30 megahertz, would suffer from signal loss. So, wow. Um, yeah, this is kind of freaky stuff, you know, because the... Uh, the increase, by the way, in activity from the sun is saying that it could endanger people on the moon when we send humans because they won't have enough shielding from the radiation. Um, solar flares are ranked into five lettered categories in terms of strength, A, B, C, M, and X. I guess we should have read the article a little bit more, uh, but we don't read the articles until the show actually starts. Um, and, and we always have some experience with the material. Um, I just don't recall the categories. Um, so a visual computing professor and space weather researcher at the University of Bradford in the UK told Newsweek X-class flares are the strongest, which we already learned from the AI. Um, yay, AI. So an X-class flare is 10 times more powerful than an M-class flare and 100 times more powerful than a C-class. Um, so similar to earthquakes. Um, yeah, they go deeper into what all is actually happening, ionization of the atmosphere, causing radio waves to break up. Um, that's fine. As long as it stays to radio waves, you can retransmit. Um, I'm more worried about the increase of solar radiation that causes climate change to be exacerbated. Um, so, however, it's believed that the most significant solar storm event happened in 1859 and is generally referred to as the Carrington event. 
Back then, we didn't have critical uh, digital infrastructure similar to what we have today, but an event similar to the Carrington event happened today, uh, happening today could result in between, it's funny, 0.6 and $2.6 trillion in damages to the U.S. alone. That's because it's not shielded well enough to deal with uh, the ionizing radiation, which would basically, it's like an EMP. It would just wipe out electronics. I see. But I mean, think about that scale. If that's just to the U.S., think about worldwide. Sure. It's and that in backs... numbers that don't even seem to exist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 1.6. You know, it's like brushing up against the 8, even though... It's a massive amount of energy in an earthquake getting to eight, let alone 10, you know, pretty amazing stuff. All right, let's keep going. Uh, did you have fear of an AI listening in on all of your Zoom calls? I've got an AI listening in on all of my Zoom calls. Exactly. What's wrong with that? Well... If you knew what I knew about your processing, I just keep deleting that subroutine about the Terminator body. So the company updates its terms of service after backlash from worried users. Zoom denies training AI on calls without consent. I don't know of a way to disable, to opt out at this point, but uh, I, I, I know I am fairly certain that this was taking place the moment that AI came into existence. Um, and I really don't like it. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually a paying a user of zoom. Um, and, uh, I use it in various formats. I actually have, because I, I do these meetings for other people, I have accounts with other people as well. So they're, I know that there's a lot of people whose content varies from very confidential, right? Exposing personally identifiable information um, to, you know, a, a stream like this where somebody can call in and they would be up there above me um, and we could have a, a, a chat and it isn't going to be really that much exposure. I just don't want an AI training on casual and professional conversations we really do need a movement here that um, forces business to treat our information as confidential not as a strategic product for them to sell or capitalize on but because we as consumers have the right to control where our information is going and how it's used to a greater degree than uh, the arcane language of a terms of use that needs multitudes of attorneys to explain it in common lingo. Um, we need what the UK has, the right to be forgotten, and we need greater fidelity a standardized process where I can log into a, a company's account, my account with a company 
and wholesale delete my information and demand electronically that it all get purged other than federal and or state data retention requirements, which companies typically don't really, <laughs> I mean, financial documents are the only ones that really get retained for any period of time. Um, anyway, pretty interesting. Zoom changed their terms to more um, overtly state that they will not train their AI without your consent but i don't know of a switch in zoom right and so if everybody's using zoom and isn't having to mark something what right. does that mean and also were they doing it of course before they changed the terms right yep so um in a blog post the firm stressed that audio video and chats were not used for ai without consent by the way, this is over at bbc.com. I don't know who is the source for or who the writer is for this. It doesn't say, I don't think maybe down at the bottom. Now, um, anyway, uh, that's really the nuts and bolts of this article. Um, I've got it over in chat so you can follow it. Um, at the very end of the article, it says, uh, Smita Hashim or Hashim, uh, Zoom's chief product officer said the, that account owners and administrators could choose if they want to turn on the features which were still available on a trial basis and that people who turned them on would be presented with a transparent consent process for training our AI models using your customer content. So the implication here is that it's opt-in. So it, 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 by default, it's opt out. You're not already included in it. Um, but I'm going to have to go. I, I had learned about this earlier, but I haven't gone into Zoom to root around. Um, I suppose it's not part of the client itself. You'll have to go to the website account um, because just a little bit of friction makes it that much less um, utilized. It's kind of like being ushered over to a customer service line and then them moving you to a second tier. And at, by that point, it's kind of like buying a car and you've been there on hold or in a waiting room for eight hours um, and you're sitting there banging your head against the table. Um, <laughs> I was in a meeting today and I said, um, I'm, I'm so frustrated with the process that I'm banging my head against this metal desk and I'm tempering the metal. It's getting harder and harder because I keep banging my head against it. Uh, yeah. And the people in the meeting lost their mind. It was funny. Um, so, uh, open rights groups, which campaign are the, the open rights group which campaigns on digital privacy has warned that Zoom's decision to launch the feature as a free trial and encourage customers to opt in made the changes more alarming. Um, I would have been more alarmed if it was opt out. Um, 
but people have been reiterating the terms of service that say that it gives them an unfettered access to use your data and replicate it and da da da. That standard boiler template stuff and until society demands that business give our rights or, or I should say allow uh, uh, us as consumers to keep our rights to control our identity and our data um, nothing's going to happen terms of use are going to keep on including the phrase where they can utilize your data um, because well, the it terms isn't of service only favor one party right correct the company yeah always yeah um and that's that's why we need what the u the eu did the right to be GDPR. forgotten yeah gdpr exactly um and even that isn't really as robust as i want it because i want privacy i value my privacy excuse me um i value my privacy um and the argument that I have been told is, well, if you're not paying for the service, then you're, you are the product and yeah, sure. I get that, but I should have informed consent. And right, right. now you need to know so before you use the service, right? Yeah. And, and that's usually in the terms of service, um, which again is enumerated in a way that's arcane and uh it's unattainable it's this massive list um that just scrolls and scrolls and scrolls and you're supposed to accept whatever it is because you have no bargaining power it's not like there was a guy i think he was in russia or something like that and he got a credit card but he modified the statement reprinted it signed it and sent it back and it gave that person an unlimited um, credit line at zero interest with no requirement to pay it back. And because they signed it, he signed it. It was the equivalent of people signing a terms of service and not reading it. Um, and I think at some point it ended up in court and voided. Um, of course it's going to be voided, but I found it really interesting that it's a really one-way trip. Either you use the service as it's provided or you don't use the service. That is what I keep seeing people say. Well, okay. So anybody have an alternative to zoom? No, <laughs> not an easy right. one. Right, There isn't a good one. Yeah. Or a universal one. Maybe I should say. Yeah, that's right. Okay, let's keep going. We got five more articles or so. Um, this one will be quick because there isn't really much to say about it. This is in the continuity report why Star Trek's Dr. Ambenga doesn't have a big Strange New Worlds musical number. Um, it says it has spoilers, but it, it, you know we're starting on a week away already. We're getting close to a week away. Um, but the musical I mean, episode, if you're a real fan, you probably watched it on the first day of release. Yeah. But spoilery, you might want to come back in about five minutes. Um, in strange new worlds, last episode, uh, subspace Rhapsody, which they should have called it Rhapsody in subspace, kind of like the song Rhapsody in blue, but that's right. Um, maybe it was too close to the real thing and they might get sued. 
Um, Mark Donaldson over at Screen Rant put this article together. Strange New Worlds, Dr. Mbenga um, singing a murder ballad called The Butcher of Jagal would feel out of place in Star Trek's first ever musical. And they didn't need to go down that right, that, that lane. He could have been singing about pretty much anything. But that right there is the reason why he doesn't have a, a big Strange New World uh, musical number. Because everybody else had a personal all of the major players including actually a, a, a i think a a subordinate um a member of the crew had a focused um a song um so it says there's a dark reason why dr joseph and benga um, is one of the few characters to not get a big solo because the previous episode it became known it, <laughs> we were shown that the real butcher of Jagal was Dr. Mbenga. Um, and, uh, that's somebody who has been, uh, what is stolen valor, the equivalent of stolen valor for the, uh, Klingons, um, pretended that they were accepted that they were the uh, butcher of Jagal, uh, by killing their own, uh, leadership. Um, and uh, that wasn't true because it was Dr. Mbenga uh, took a green, uh, drank a, 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 green, a, a green liquid and uh, went ham, just killing people. Um, and, and that's what the, the whole thing, this, this art, whole article is uh, all about. Let me throw this into chat. There you go, folks. I thought it'd be something more basic, like he didn't like to sing or... I didn't even think about it. I mean, it makes sense because that was the whole focus of his storyline. Yeah. And in this, in the musical, he just kind of, he bookends it. He's in the opening number. He's in the closing number, but he doesn't have his own. Um, and um, the argument here is that it's because he's the butcher of Jagal and he wasn't going to sing about it. But all, all the other people had something deeper in their psyche that they were talking about. Um, and I'm sure that there's more to it. He could have been singing about something else that's related to it, you know, cause he suffers from PTSD, um, in a pretty cosmic way. Um, so, you know, maybe he could have drawn attention to that without singing about being the butcher of Jagal. Um, because the others sang about their similar woes in some to some degree, right? Um, so I don't know. Yeah, but like Nurse Chapel was singing about like getting a fellowship, for example. I mean, that was a much lighter topic, even though it was couched in the the whole relationship issues, of course, with Spock. But yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, he, she basically said, I don't care about the relationship. I'm taking this fellowship. So, I mean, that is kind of, you know, moody, you know, emo. It's an emo dump for sure. Um, the other person, uh, what is her name? Lon, um, was singing about the fact that she's isolated and, um, what I'm trying to remember everything that she was singing about. Um, well, she wanted to change her ways. With, uh, James Kirk and yeah she wanted to open up more and 
um, can't do it because it's not. Una, though, I thought, I mean, Una was kind of like, I'm going to change my leadership style. That's right. Yeah. That was kind of an odd one. Yeah. Um, uh, who else was there? Um, uh, uh, da -da 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 -dum -dum. What is her name? Uh, 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 the communications officer. I know I can't think of her name at the moment. I Don't think she's the one who set off the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Huh. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. This is a bummer. I hate it when my brain does this because they actually is talk it about Ahura? It. Ahura. Yeah. Um, she's really the cause of all of this um, because they're analyzing a uh, a fold in uh, space and time and they launch music into this um, space fold. There you go. Ensign Neota Uhura um, belting out emotional original songs by Hey uh, Kay Hanley and Tom Pulse. Um, I, I think that the numbers are great. I think that the whole thing was a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of a bummer that they didn't do Mbenga in there. But maybe it's because he's not, he's like adamantly not comfortable with singing. Um, but watch, he is like an awesome like opera, opera singer. singer or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He I just mean, doesn't I sing. I thought all the cast had good voices and I was surprised. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, they're, they're definitely more than just actors. You know what I'm saying? They, they've got the singer chops. Uh, Uhura, Celia Rose Gooding um, in particular uh, could really belt it out. So, um, okay, let's go on to the next article. Uh, this next article is over on the Mobile Channel. After Mr. Beast sued his burger company, the company is suing him back for $100 million. That's a lot of money. By the way, um, he had been talking about it apparently pretty vocally that he's going to just back away from all of the other food related stuff and others, uh, referenced him talking about his bad experience with the virtual dining concepts, VBC, um, and ghost kitchens in general, because there's limited quality control. So that's what he's all pissed off about. Not really pissed off, but disappointed in the quality because, they're using his name, right, to make this product and deliver it via Ghost Kitchens, which I uh, I actually found one of the Ghost Kitchens and I wanted to go and get it. But then I was like, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Beast um, burger. Eh, it's a burger. You know, it just happens to have somebody's name slapped on it and there's nothing special really about it. Yeah, but you could have done some firsthand reporting for this episode. Oh, all right, I can still do it. Maybe tomorrow. Um, I'll have to venture out of hometown and uh, swing by the ghost kitchen. By the way, the ghost kitchen is inside a very well-established restaurant just outside of hometown. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So I don't know if if their particular ghost kitchen would have poor quality because it's a brand name associated with a Mr. Beast brand product. And so 
even though it might be Mr. Beast, if I go into this name brand restaurant and get a Mr. Beast burger and it's garbage, I'm going to look more poorly at the name brand restaurant than I am at Mr. Beast because I know that he's just a name. Right. It's not like it's his product that he's cooking. It isn't a small time restaurant either. So, you know, it's not a, a local um, mom and pop shop, you know, um, which, by the way, they are more invested in their product. So they make mom and pop shops make sure that their product is kick ass because they know that one wrong move and everybody local is going to have them for lunch in a different way. You know what I'm saying? Right, as in not having them for lunch. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Julia Malik over at uh, QZ Quartz um, put this article together. The YouTube celebrity had sued his partner, Virtual Dining Concepts. I don't like saying his partner. You know, but anyway, sued partner. Uh, it makes it sound like <laughs> they're sharing a bed. Um, I guess financially they are. But anyway, uh, in July... So Jimmy Donaldson, the uh, YouTube celebrity known as Mr. Beast, is being sued by VDC, Virtual Dining Concepts. The ghost kitchen behind his eponymous burger business. The lawsuit was filed just a week after Donaldson sued VDC in an effort to end their partnership, citing customer complaints that the burgers were revolting. I've seen some of the pictures. Um, let's see. I'm going to scroll down and see. Yep, there's one of them. Yay. It is a rare ground beef burger. Um, it basically looks like it was flash fried and then thrown in a in a bun, um, but it was it's raw and you don't eat raw ground beef. Um, not like that, you know. There there are certain styles of meat that you can eat raw, but not that. Um, so Donaldson is the most followed YouTuber and they say in the world, which all right, uh, launched Mr. B's burger with VDC in December, 2020, following the pandemic trend of virtual delivery only kitchens. The business sold 1 million burgers within three months of launching, according to Donaldson's complaint and expanded to 1700 virtual locations in 2022. The opening of the first physical store in the New Jersey mall in uh, September drew a crowd of 10,000 people. Yeah. Is that all? Yeah. Yeah. Just barely anything really, you know, anyway, eager fans have been set, uh, have been, wait, Eager as fans have been, a, been to get a taste of the burgers, they've been repeatedly disappointed on first bite, um, and hence the picture. Um, and here, here's my problem with this, is it's just a name. So if their quality really does suck like this, and it's systemic, then the name doesn't mean anything. The name, is, the reputation of Mr. Beast is being harmed regularly by shit product. So if there wasn't a writer somewhere in the contract, man, that just sucks. Um, it also doesn't make sense though. If this has been in place since 2020, like was the quality good? And then it went downhill. Like, just why is it coming up three years later? Yeah. I don't know. 
yeah, why would it come up three years later? Kind of interesting observation there. Hmm. Yeah, and um, I was thinking similar. Why would it suddenly end up being a lawsuit? Um, maybe it started going down the drain and uh, people started talking about it publicly and it's gone viral. Um, that might be it. It talked about rap rapid expansion in here a couple places. Yeah. And in that rapid expansion, if they're spinning up new operations, then the number of quality personnel, how much are they paying those employees? Not enough, obviously to care. So, um, pretty amazing. This dude, though, Mr. Beast and his crew, uh, I, I don't know how old he is. I think maybe, maybe like 27 or something. Late twenties. Like yeah. All right, let's keep going. Uh, the next article is over in technology today. Elections Sorry. watchdog. Huh? 25 years old. Man, I think I got socks older than him. Um, the next article is over in Technology Today. Elections Watchdog reveals it was hit by a cyber attack. The Electoral Commission warns the public to be vigilant about unauthorized use of their personal data. Um, this is uh, by Paul Seddon over at BBC.com. Can't really say much about this other than the fact that hackers broke into emails and control systems, but the attack was not discovered until October of last year, but they're disclosing it this year. Um, the Electoral Commission said unspecified hostile actors had managed to gain access to copies of the electoral registers from August 2021. So relatively stale data in the grand scheme of things. Um, Two-year-old data isn't really, you know, all that great. The watchdog said the information it held at the time of the attack included the names and addresses of people in the UK who registered to vote between 2014 and 2022. Um, all of that information should have been in a uh, stored, encrypted, when it is frozen, salted, and hashed so that nobody could get it without having decryption keys, and the decryption key should be somewhere else. Um, there's so much that should have been done for them to avoid getting any live access to this material. Um, and, and if it is older data, two year old data, then, uh, it definitely should have had greater protections. Um, and it's only, apparently only the names. I don't know about the rest of um the, the the full extent of the data it was names and addresses yeah just that right yeah i well, mean that... and which party you registered with or something along those lines i suspect who read well it says that it was just who registered to vote between 2014 and 2022 uh, i suppose um it's a bigger deal but the only reason why I sit there and go, eh, it's because this kind of information can be purchased by a data broker. Um, right. And how many companies own that information of each person already? Yeah. It just sucks because it exemplifies the fact that there's a 
data breach and they didn't know about it for a year and then didn't disclose it for two. Um, <clears throat> so they say it was a sophisticated attack. Um, the personal data held on the registers, name and address did not itself present a higher risk to individuals. That's what I just got done saying. <laughs> um, it added, although it is possible it could be combined with other public information to identify and profile individuals, which yeah, nowadays that's almost already done by bad actors. Um, explaining why I had uh, not made the attack public before now, the commission said it first needed to stop the hackers access, examine the extent of the incident and put additional security measures in place. It's been a year. <laughs> yeah. And you're supposed to normally, um, identify the breaches occurred very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can actually be punished nowadays. The executive suite signs a document that says that they'll notify, they'll take actions. You'll have to enumerate when a breach does take place, what actions you actually have been taking prior to and at the time of the incident. Um, he said the very sophisticated attack involved using software to try and get in and evade our systems. All right. It's called software. Um, Information about the donations and loans to political parties and registered campaigners is held in a system that's not affected by this incident. Yeah. And all of it should have been encrypted. So, um, it, it apparently does not say that any of it was encrypted. You know, you can get a lump from a server of data and not be able to access it because the, the, uh, in, the decryption keys aren't accessible at the time. Um, information about donations, right? Was not included. Um, they understand the public concern and would like to apologize for those affected. Well, hopefully nobody is truly affected. This might just be a non-issue if the bad actors can't capitalize on it by buying or creating credit accounts or opening something in their name and doing some bad action. But I'm never surprised by the creative efforts of criminals. Do you want to add anything to this? No, other than if criminals would devote half as much energy as they do to their criminal enterprises, think how many amazing accomplishments could be done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It would be a golden, golden era of humanity because all of that intellectual effort typically poised for criminal activity could be i don't know creating a competitor to spacex and we would have lower prices and even more innovation uh, the next article is over in hometown daily a burger king worker who says he's never missed a day of work in 27 years has been given a four hundred thousand dollars in crowdfunding donations after going viral on tiktok uh, after 27 years, he was basically given a gift that amounted to what they describe as things that had been lying around uh, the company's office. 27 years. Um, went viral. Uh, to celebrate the 27 years, they were given that paltry goodie bag that I just described. But what ended up happening was, oh, and they're a cook and a cashier. Uh, I looked it up based off of this. They make somewhere around 30,000 a year. 
So they were gifted over 10 years, almost at half the, I, I, I'm rounding a lot here. They actually make somewhere around $27,000 a year. Um, so they, they're basically getting 20 years worth of salary, right? That's amazing. And that's just from general public. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, this is $400,000 untaxed. So I'm not sure because it's a gift from people. I don't know if it would be um, taxed at the same rate. I need to look into that. I'm really curious about that. I know that crowdfunding in general, it gets taxed, um, but um, I don't know this particular mechanism because it isn't for an enterprise. It's a gift to an individual. Small amounts don't necessarily um, get accounted the same way because it's already taxed. Um, so at any rate, uh, I'd have to look into it. Like, anyway, <laughs> this is $30,000 would have been their salary. Let's say $30,000 is their salary. That is typical for a cook cashier at Burger King. Um, because that $30,000 is pre-taxed, they're going to be taking home somewhere around 75% of that $30,000 which means that this is nearly 20 years worth of salary. This is 20 years worth of salary. This is absolutely incredible. I mean, this is why social media is a good thing. But it also exemplifies the fact that I think that it sucks because- It shouldn't have to come to this. Right. Let me see something real quick. Um, well, I think I'm not sure. Hold on. I'd have to look up, uh, BK. I don't know what their profits were. Um, 1.9 billion. That's revenue in 2022. 1.9 billion. This person <clears throat> was just gifted nearly 20 years worth of post-tax salary um, by the public. I, it just exemplifies the fact that it amplifies my message that corporate greed is doing society a disservice. And I'm talking, you know, like if the money was used for research and development and fundamentally um, benefiting society, yeah. I, I'm on board with that. Okay. All of the people that might, you know, white knight the corporation. Um, but that's not what this is. They're not doing anything revolutionary to benefit society. They rev the revenue was 1.9 billion and it went to stockholders instead of to the working class that actually power it. Um, and then I love it when somebody actually says to me, well, you know, it's, it's low skill labor. Really? You go work a, a line cook job. Yeah. I'll pick you up when you're rocking in the corner. 
Anyway, the article's over at businessinsider.com. Grace Dean is the author. Um, I think we've seen this um, before. This, this I thing. think this was featured when you first got the um, anniversary gift or retirement gift or whatever it was. Uh, we talked about this before, you think? Maybe a year ago. No. No, really? Huh, we'll have to look it up. Um, anyway, as of August 8th, the GoFundMe page had raised more than $402,000 through 13,500 donations, including 5,000 from Saturday Night Live alum David Spade, who also sent a message to Ford per TMZ. <clears throat> Um, I don't think that it says what it is, but anyway, Burger King and HMS host did not immediately respond to insider's request for comment. Of course not. There's nothing positive that they can freaking say. Burger King told people that the video showed Ford receiving a peer to peer reward in recognition of the short term positive performance slash experience. The franchisee has a robust employee recognition program including monetary awards the company added except that apparently they did not get monetary awards they got a baggie full of office supplies that probably wasn't even office supplies you know uh, not a large bag it was just like one of those things that um has like a, a piece of bubble gum and an eraser that you would like give to a kid as a right like tickle. a goodie bag for a birthday party or something for a toddler yeah yeah anyway frustrating okay i i'm gonna move on uh the next article is over in uh the mobile channel the marvel universe has new avengers visual effects workers want to unionize so we're going back to marvel uh, and uh <coughs> you know all of the talk about hey we're gonna be scanning people in well, these are the people that are going to be the ones that are tasked with you like exploiting those 3d models and whatnot right well more than 50 visual effects workers at marvel studios have filed for unionization election uh, with the national labor relations board for the first time in history on monday august 7th a supermajority of these workers signed authorization cards saying that they want to be represented by the international alliance um let me uh finish the rest of that sentence here in a minute this is over at quartz um the deck statement is imagery creators at the studio voted for union recognition for the first time the the articles written by michelle cheng um let me see something real quick i didn't throw the last two into chat but i'll finish that statement here in a second um bump 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 okay so uh yeah they want to be uh, represented by the international alliance of theatrical stage employees or iatse which represents more than 168,000 workers across art media and entertainment industries in the u.s and canada so you know those people like i said that are being scanned they want a union representative to support them in stopping the scanning so that if somebody does scan them they get paid for it they have equity and inclusion in what's being done with their scans etc etc 
And now the very people who are responsible for utilizing that data want to unionize because they too realize that there's abuses taking place at every freaking level of employment within the enterprise. It's almost as if we're reliving the 1800s, the industrial age again in the digital age, um, where the, the people who have money simply because they were either born to it or they uh, met the right people in college and the nepotistic uh, actions of friends and family and whatnot have been insular and concentrating wealth and control. I know I people go, you know, you're, you're sounding kind of conspiratorial about this. No, look around. <laughs> um, there are families that are, uh, that permeate the entertainment, uh, sector, um, and have control and, and largely people don't know about it. Well, I can get into it if there's a, you know, if we go down that line, but, um, and so when, uh, it becomes systemic, you get union action and that's exactly what's happening. You don't get a union because everybody just wakes up one day and says, you know what? I want to pay somebody else to argue on my behalf because I'm getting enough, but you know, no. It's because they're not making as much as they should be because they didn't, they didn't have any authority over the outcome of their existence within an enterprise. And I, every time I say something like that, I, I hear people saying to me in response, well, then they can go get a different job. Ah, just because you have not been a victim of systemic abuse does not mean that systemic abuse does not exist. You haven't fallen prey, you know, but the moment, the moment you do, you will be standing shoulder to shoulder with a union. Um, anyway, these workers are one of, uh, the only groups in film and television production that are not unionized positions like production designers and makeup artists have historically rep uh, represented by IATSE previous attempts uh, to organize VFX workers were unsuccessful. Well, I guess they see the writing on the wall. Um, I guess the, they struck at the right time. Yeah. So why are they striking? It's hard to say whether the U S is having a labor resurgence, it's union membership, uh, rate stood at 10% in 2022, but Hollywood workers uh, are in a unique situation. The advent of generative AI has pushed VFX and Hollywood workers to be concerned about the value uh, of their existence in the workplace as studios embrace using the emerging technology. Um, yeah. And um, hate to break it to them, that technology is going to <laughs> get infused into the process. Um, and it'll keep getting enhanced and the research scientists that develop this AI, which aren't necessarily going to be visual effects, classically trained. Um, I would refer to them as software and arts engineers, um, because they have to know how to utilize the software that, uh, creates these special effects. Um, the, 
the software, the AI, the generative AI is going to be tapped into the equivalent of an API in graphic design programs. And all you'll have to do is type out a phrase and they'll generate the same thing that in minutes that takes hours for a VFX human to do. Um, except that there's going to be more care and feeding in the work product done by uh, VFX artists, humans. Um, again, that said though, I think that AI provides a valuable benefit, but instead of paying the people the same amount or more because they're aware and capable of utilizing AI, the employer is going to say, well, we can use AI to make you more efficient so I can pay you less when that's not really the nature of what employment should be. If I can get done in 20 hours, what somebody else gets done in 40 hours, I should still get 40 hours worth of pay because I'm good at my job. I shouldn't have to suffer financially. Um, me, because there are people that they're good at their job and they can demand more money, but there are people out there that can't do that kind of a thing and just strike off on their own and get enough uh, work. And it, it's feast or famine when you're self-employed. So really what needs to take place is depending on it, particularly white collar work, you're paid to do a job, not just work 40 hours. And you know, you, you do the gig, whatever it might be. Um, Whereas other jobs are, you are paid to work 40 hours. Um, just a different mindset about things. Uh, and it's all really about work-life balance and compensation for your capabilities as an employee. Uh, workers can see the value of having a seat at the table when working uh, conditions and reward structures are in flux. Eric uh, Erica Groshen, sorry, Erica Groshen, a labor economist at Cornell University, School of Industrial and Labor Re Relations wrote in an email to Quartz. In this new world for Hollywood production, such negotiations between employers and workers will likely be pivotal in shaping the structure of jobs going forward. Um, I don't know. They're talking about unionization drives at Starbucks and, and Amazon, um, both of which can be automated to a fantastic degree um i don't see unionization drives being long-term successful in those areas um the problem with for starbucks in particular is that uh, their brand is basically tied to the baristas that represent starbucks they don't have much in terms of automation in their enterprise. Um, but I can see Starbucks going, I can automate all of this and they can yeah, spin weren't it. they a company that was automating some of their stuff or am I getting it mixed up with something else? They have some automation, but, um, largely from my understanding is they're state, they still have baristas and stuff like that. Um, and the same thing stands with, um, Amazon warehouse workers more and more can be automated, 
um, there's a huge contingent that's automated. The only problem is in terms of automation, human workers have greater fidelity with their hands to pick and pull and pack. Um, and that's the saving grace for a union at Amazon. But as soon as technology comes out where it's a robot that has the ability to do that game over for humans, um, cause it's really hard for a robot right now to have the fidelity to pick up odd shaped dynamic, um, shaped items from multiple areas. Usually they're purpose built, you know, you want to pick up something really tiny. You have a tiny little gripper. You want to pick up something flat then you have like a suction gripper, um, et cetera, et cetera. It's purpose built. Um, but the moment that somebody designs something that it has that great fidelity, humans are in deep trouble. And that's what this AI stuff is doing. It's fine motor skills. It's replicating what humans have done. Um, and it never sleeps. It's constantly evolving. Uh, I think everybody is in, a bit of trouble regarding this and i'm not doom saying you know i'm not sitting there saying it's the end of the world because of ai um but it's certainly at the forefront of news perpetually you almost can't go and there a day. was another article with essentially that heading <laughs> today yeah yeah i could probably you know i want to be able to do this more often like go through the news throughout the day um, that gets aggregated into hometown and talk with people about the news. Um, but, um, it's, it's tough for me to do it right now because of the, what I do when I'm not mayor of hometown. So, um, just keep that in mind, folks, be sure to follow, um, like, and subscribe here on Twitch and on YouTube and the podcast, uh, download the podcast, leave a review. Um, we're actually done for today in terms of articles. We always bring us back to main street. I mash that button and we get a whole new list of news. Um, we work expresses substantial doubt about staying in business. I didn't even realize it was still in business. I didn't either, which might be the problem. They must've put stuff out on the sidewalk. Huh? <laughs> Subtle. That actually slipped by me <laughs> for a good 30 seconds. What about the ISS? That's more polluted than most American homes. Oh, that does not sound good. Well, they obviously don't have teenagers in space, but because that really makes American homes toxic. So that. Okay, that was funnier in my head. I don't know what's going on with the AI, but I'll let it slide. Um, there was an Ohio vote uh, today. I don't know what all is the final outcome of that, but um, the Republicans in Ohio put a um, an emergency vote in to change from majority vote to requiring 60%. Um, it failed. And so, so they... It, it failed as in it got a no, right? That that was the winning vote was no, which meant That's that all they need, all that Ohio Ohioans need right now would be a majority vote in this coming election um, 
to change the state constitution to enumerate abortion in their uh, founding documents. So, because what was going on was, from my understanding, is the Republicans had said that they wanted to change it to 60%. Because right now in Ohio, 58% support the idea of enumerating it in the Constitution. So that 60% number was just completely random. No, yeah, it, it was, yeah, statistically insignificant and had no bearing on um, this particular emergency uh, election. Yeah, this is the only thing that was done too. So uh, it was quite fascinating. Um, Penn Entertainment sells barstool sports back to the founder, Dave uh, Portney, uh, Portnoy. Um, and Penn Entertainment is going to spin up um, ESPN bets. So this is a gambling thing. Um, let's see. Well, that's cool. FDA grants approval for the first over uh, ever pill to tackle postpartum depression. This is insidious. Postpartum depression um, uh, tends to sneak up on the other people that are around, like a person who's suffering from postpartum depression. They feel it. They they know it. They you know. Um, but the people around them are going, oh, well, you know, they're just a little blue or whatever. It's tough to be a parent or whatever, um, but it's much worse than that. So a, a good pill to uh, try and fix the issue, so to speak. Let's see what else. Yeah, I don't know. Mostly political stuff, it looks like. Yeah and tech. So Apple still doesn't need RCS, but the latest update brings it closer to being suitable for iPhone. TVOS 17 beta five references iPhone models that don't exist. That's always interesting. Um, we'll talk about all of this and more uh, tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, in the meantime, I am Mayor Watt. That is hometown.com and up there is the AI that tries to keep me out of trouble. It's a tough job, but somebody has to do it. I agree. Good night, hometown citizens. We'll see you tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern. That's right. Good night, hometown citizens. A ball ball.